The man who stood up to Vladimir Putin, a tyrant fighter who became the symbol of Russian oppression, is now dead. The world tonight condemning Russia, accusing Moscow of assassinating Alexei Navalny. Putin's longtime nemesis was his most outspoken critic. He survived a poisoning in 2020 only to choose to return to Russia just months later. That landed him behind bars in one of Russia's toughest and most notorious prisons. Just 24 hours ago, he was seen right there, laughing, seemingly healthy. His death now comes during a week of notable events. First, today, world leaders are gathering in Munich for a conference that features the condemnation of Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Whatever story they tell, let us be clear, Russia is responsible. Navalny's death also comes as Donald Trump invites Putin to invade NATO allies. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. His death comes as House Republicans hold Ukraine aid hostage. History is watching. History is watching. History is watching. Failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. His death comes as Tucker Carlson fawns over Russian life after his softball interview with Putin. We thought it would be interesting to take a look at a contemporary modern-day 2024 Russian grocery store. All right. Here we go. So I guess you put in 10 rubles here and you get it back when you put the cart back. Coming to a Russian grocery store, the heart of evil, and seeing what things cost and how people live, it will radicalize you against our leaders. This right here was Carlson's beloved Russia today. Mourners for Navalny being rounded up by police. Carlson today telling the Daily Mail, quote, it's horrifying what happened to Navalny. The whole thing is barbaric and awful. No decent person would defend it. Except that he did just a few days ago. You did not talk about Navalny, about assassinations. Every leader kills people, including my leader. Every leader kills people. Some kill more than others. Leadership requires killing people. Sorry. Another interesting reaction today from former Vice President Mike Pence, writing, quote, there is no room in the Republican Party for apologists for Putin, except, of course, that he spent four years next to one as his number two. And speaking of... If you're wondering what Donald Trump's reaction to Navalny's death was, you're looking at it. Nothing. Joining me now is Stanislav Kutcher. He knew Navalny personally and was the first journalist to interview him for Russia TV. Also with us, Max Boot, senior fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations and a Washington Post columnist. Stanislav, you have known Navalny for quite a long time. His saga with Putin and this last period of time in which he's been imprisoned, it went slowly and then suddenly all at once. What are you thinking in this moment as now we learned he is dead? Well, uh, first and foremost, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, somebody asked me today if uh, this was uh, surprising or, or shocking or um, not surprising, but shocking, not shocking or surprising. 
definitely it was not a surprise. I mean, the man has been tortured for three years now. First he was poisoned and uh, then he was arrested and kept in prison. Uh, he's been taken to uh, solitary confinement at least 27 times now. So he has been tortured. I mean, this could happen literally any day. And so when uh, President Biden says that uh, it's Putin who is responsible for his death, well, yes, that's absolutely true. Um, no matter whether uh, there's been a direct order to kill him uh, today or he died of that clot that the medical reports are talking about mm. now. So um, I'm basically thinking of... Uh, I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm having very sad feelings, of course. Um, not only because I knew him personally, but because this is a day of, uh, this is the darkest day for millions of Russians who've lost hope. Mm. You know, today I've been receiving many messages from my friends in Russia saying, uh, it's not Navalny who just died. It's the hope that died. And that's bad news for me because I know Alexei would not love to hear that. Yeah. He would not like to hear that because his main message to Russians was, um, don't be afraid. You know, he liked FDR's words, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. But fear is what is all around there. Max, um, as Stanislav just said, this could have happened at any time. So why now, in your mind? It's hard to know exactly. It may be related to Putin's quote-unquote re-election coming up, his, his phony election coming up in March. He may be clearing the decks of opponents. But it's also, I think, a sense that he feels kind of a sense of impunity right now that he can get away with murder because of what the stuff that you highlighted, Abby, in your intro about how Tucker Carlson is fawning all over him in Moscow. Donald Trump is saying he doesn't care what the hell Russia does. They can go and invade their neighbors. It's fine with him. So, And then the, the tide is, is turning in Ukraine where the Ukrainians are running out of ammunition because the House of Representatives refuses to pass aid for Ukraine. And right now, it's not the tragedy today is not only the death of Alexei Navalny, it's also the fall of Avdivka, another Ukrainian city, which has fallen to this unprovoked Russian invasion where the Ukrainian defenders are simply running out of ammunition to defend themselves. And so you can see why Putin feels very powerful. He can do anything. And that's very, very dangerous to have a dictator like that with nuclear weapons and this sense of invincibility, this sense of immunity. That is a huge threat, not just to Ukraine, but also to all these other European countries and to the United States. But it's not too late for us to still send a message to Putin that he will not get away with this. And the way we do that is, A, by sending $300 billion in frozen U Russian assets in the West, send that money to Ukraine, and B, the House has to pass that $60 billion aid package. Otherwise, Ukraine will not be able to defend itself. And the best way to make Russia a freer and better country right now is to aid Ukraine in defeating this Russian invasion. Mm -hmm. And Stanislav, you, you talked about the loss of hope for so many Russians. There is an, an election of sorts that will ha be happening in Russia in the next month. Is there any opposition left now that Navalny is gone? No. Um, that's the only honest answer. And just to give you an idea of what's happening in Moscow and Russia today is um, I posted a story on Facebook today about Navalny. And uh, I received messages via, via Facebook Messenger um, from a friend of mine who wrote, you know, Stas, I really loved your post. I want you to know that, but I'm not going to like it uh, in public 
because I'm really afraid I have a family. And then she writes that she, um, she, uh, she, she writes that she'd been crying all day, and then she had this meeting. She had to go to, so she walks um, down the street and sees another woman with also, uh, who had obviously been crying. And they kind of look at each other and nod their heads. And that's how people express they are, their solidarity with each other. People cry in their kitchens, people cry in their homes, but they cannot express their feelings in public. Also, you know what happened to, uh, you said that in your intro, what happened to the mourners. Um, today, people brought flowers to uh, uh, an improvised memorial to Navalny uh, near a monument to Gulag victims in Moscow. And uh, later, all the flowers were taken away uh, by the police. And a few hours before then, um, a similar memorial to Boris Nemtsov, another Russian opposition leader who was assassinated in front of the Kremlin on February 27th, uh, 2015. So that memorial was too taken apart today. So that probably gives you an idea of, uh, of the atmosphere in Moscow today. Yeah, an atmosphere definitely of repression and fear. Max Boot, Stanislav Kutcher, thank you both very much for that.